will start. Some of you say, "Uh uh-oh, start. Yeah, we will start in Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Only briefly, though, we will not so much be breaking down this passage as much as using it to ask a question this morning, a question that perhaps you have asked. I will probably read a lot of scriptures today, um, and so if you're not able to turn to those or get those written down, please let me know. I would, I would love to tell you what they are. But for time's sake, since I am probably going to read a lot of passages, uh, you may not have time to find them. So just let me know, and I'll tell you where we're going to be this morning. But we will start in Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Let's read the passage, and then we will continue on. Having been buried with him in baptism... You were also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning, and I thank you for this beautiful crowd of people that have come here, dear Lord. You have put smiles on our faces and given us the freedom to come in here and to love you and to love one another. God, I pray that During this time, in the next few minutes, as we look at your word, God, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. Dear Lord, that you would speak through me, dear Lord. I am certainly incapable of preaching a single word that makes any sense at all, dear Lord, this morning, apart from you. So, God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would fill my thoughts and fill my mouth and let each one of us hear from you today. From your word, dear Lord, that is where the power comes. That is where the truth is. That is where healing begins, through your word and through Jesus Christ. So, God, I pray that in these few minutes that all the glory is to you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Having been buried with him, that is Jesus, in baptism. Now, perhaps you are familiar with baptism. We see baptisms frequently in our churches. As a matter of fact, we just saw a baptism last Sunday. Praise the Lord. But when we read about baptism, and we read about it often in the New Testament, perhaps you have considered the question before or ask yourself, why baptism? And that is an excellent question to ask. Now, it may not be an obvious question at first, but perhaps if you think about it for a second, perhaps the question pops to your mind, why baptism? Well, I will give you the short and easy and best answer to the question, because Jesus said so. In Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you and remember I am with you always to the end of the age. Well, that's a sufficient answer for me. We baptize because Jesus says we need to baptize. So let's pray and we'll go home. Well, not so fast. You're not getting out quite that early today. That is a sufficient answer. We need no other answer as to why we baptize other than Jesus said so. But perhaps the question still remains in your mind. Why baptism? After all, nowhere in the Old Testament is baptism mentioned. 
Not one single time. Now, some have said, well, perhaps the, the washings of the priests before they would go in to offer sacrifices or after they did whatever they did, and they'd go in and they'd wash, maybe that's where it come from. Well, maybe, but that seems kind of like a stretch because the acts that they did were not really the same as what we see baptism meaning in the New Testament. And so if there is no baptism in the Old Testament, then what about in the New Testament? Well, we certainly see baptism in the New Testament. We see it early in the New Testament, and we see it often in the New Testament. In Mark, we see it in the New Testament. In Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, it says, In uh, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the Isaiah the prophet, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make his path straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And so through the whole Old Testament, we have nothing that appears to be what baptism is in the New Testament. Yet at the very beginning of the New Testament, what is the first thing we see? That John the Baptist came baptizing. Now, why in the world was John the Baptist baptizing if there is no reference to baptism in the Old Testament? Well, again, that's a good question that may bring to our mind why baptism. Now, I did mention that there is no reference, or excuse me, I should say mention of baptism in the Old Testament. However, there are references to events in the Old Testament that are often applied to baptism in the New Testament. There are two events that perhaps are well known to you. Uh, one is Moses uh, leading God's people through the Red Sea, and the other is Noah when he was saved from the flood by God. And in both of these instances that occurred in the Old Testament, there is an application applied to them that says, hey, these were like the baptism that you experience in the New Testament. I'll read those passages for you so you can know what they say. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, uh, it talked about the evil people in the past during the day of Noah. And it says, Who in the past were disobedient when God patiently waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared. In it a few, that is eight people, were saved through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, isn't this a beautiful story? Moses was saved through the water. All the evil people perished. But, but Moses, right, or excuse me, Noah, righteous Noah and his family were saved through the water. And what does Peter say? He said that this is baptism which corresponds to this okay so baptism that we have corresponds to this act of passing through the water we see another reference to an old testament story that is used to describe baptism in first corinthians chapter 10 verses 1 through 4 now i want you to know brothers that our fathers were all under the cloud all passed through the sea and all were baptized into moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from a spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Here we go, that same language. 
Here's an, here's an event where Moses leads the people through the Red Sea and, and God guides them around by this cloud and, and, and leads them eventually into the promised land. And what does the scripture say? It says that this is like baptism. They were baptized into Moses. And so kind of the theme, the idea that we see in these two passages is this, deliverance. That the baptism that's being spoken of here refers to a deliverance for God's people. It was righteous Noah who was delivered through the flood. It was by God that he used Moses to deliver his people out of slavery into freedom. And that journey began when they went through the Red Sea, when they passed through the water. And so the imagery here, I believe, is that the passing through the water, the idea of deliverance is what we should have when we think about baptism, when we are baptized, as we saw in the passage we begin with, we are being buried with Christ. There is something that changes. There is a deliverance that comes in our life. Just as the evil were uh, punished and, and perished in the days of Noah and the righteous were delivered, so it will be for you and I through Jesus Christ. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ and are baptized in Jesus Christ, we are buried in Jesus Christ to then be raised with Jesus Christ. So the illustration there being that the righteous are delivered. That's what baptism symbolizes. That's what we see. That's what we should think of when we see baptism, when we are baptized. The same thing for the story of Moses. When God's people passed through the Red Sea, they were delivered. God delivers his people. They were taken from slavery to freedom. And so it is for us when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We are no longer a slave to sin, but we are freed from sin. We are no longer doomed by the death that is the wages of sin, but we are given eternal life through Jesus Christ. So in baptism, we are buried. The old man is gone. We are washed and made clean. And when we come out of the water, it is symbolic. We are new men and women through Jesus Christ. Okay, so that, that helps, right? Okay, so we get it. We see the connection in the New Testament. Okay, we see what some of these Old Testament stories were saying. And repeatedly through the Old Testament, we see this theme uh, uh, repeating itself. And that is, these things are pointing to Jesus who is to come. The story of Moses, okay, good story, great story, true, real-life story. But there's a bigger picture there for that story. It's pointing to Jesus who was to come. Okay, so we see some of those connections as to, you know, what baptism is about in the New Testament. But we are still left with the question, perhaps, why baptism? Why in the world did John the Baptist begin to baptize to start with? If there's no record of that in the Old Testament, and it's very hard to even find where, the, where, where baptism started, perhaps it very well started with John the Baptist. And so why did John the Baptist baptize? Well, I think the answer for us is found in the gospel according to John. In John chapter 1, verses 30 through 34, it reads... This is the one I told you about. After me comes a man who has surpassed me because he existed before me. I didn't know him, but I came baptizing with water so he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I watched the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he rested on him. 
Okay, so this is John. He had come to prepare the way for Jesus. John the Baptist did. And he says, look, this, this, this one has come. He's, he's testifying about Jesus who has come. Jesus who he ended up baptizing. And then listen to what he says in verse 33. He says, I didn't know him. I didn't know who the Messiah was who was to come. But then when I baptized him, when I saw the Holy Spirit descending on him, I knew that was the one. And listen to what he says. But he who sent me to baptize with water told me. Okay, God sent John to baptize with water. Sufficient answer. Why does John baptize? Because God sent him. Perhaps this is the first time baptism occurred. Perhaps it occurred in some form or fashion before. But there was significance in this baptism. There was significance in the work that John was doing. The work that John the Baptist was doing was he was preparing the way for the Messiah. Now, John had a big audience, we see in Scripture. There were a lot of people listening to John. There were a lot of people coming to John. And John was preparing the way because he was baptizing. He was telling people they needed to repent. But he also said, there is one who is coming after me who is greater than me. And what does he say? He said, he who sent me to baptize with water told me. The one you see the Spirit descending and resting on, he is the one who baptizes with water. The Holy Spirit, I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. And so God had told John to baptize. And he also told him the Messiah was going to come. And John says, I have seen this Messiah and I have testified that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Praise the Lord. So we can answer that question. Why baptism? Well, John baptized because God told him to baptize. But something interesting occurred with baptism. John said, I am going to baptize you for the forgiveness of sins, that you repent and be baptized with water for the forgiveness of sins. He also said there was one coming after him, that is Jesus, who would baptize with the Holy Spirit. But something interesting occurred. As John was doing all this baptizing, of all the people to come and be baptized, Jesus himself came to be baptized. Now, of course, John said, wait a minute. Now, this, this, this shouldn't be this way. But what does Jesus say? Well, he says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 15, allow it for now because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him to be baptized. And so why in the world if Jesus, who was sinless, and John was baptizing with repentance for the forgiveness of sins, then why in the world would Jesus be baptized? Perhaps the question arises to our mind. Well, why baptism for Jesus? Well, that's a good question. And Jesus' answer here really doesn't help us too much, or at least it doesn't help me too much. Jesus says, allow it for now because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Now, well, that answer is kind of vague. What, what exactly does Jesus mean when he says that? Well, I'm really not sure what Jesus meant. Maybe some of you have a better understanding, and you can tell me later. I'm not sure exactly what Jesus meant when he said that. And so why in the world was Jesus baptized? Well, maybe there are a variety of reasons that Jesus may have been baptized. Perhaps Jesus was being baptized uh, simply to give us an example. Perhaps this is 
what Jesus is calling us to, and Jesus is not going through anything that he has not called us to. And if we are going to be followers of Jesus, and Jesus is going to tell us to be baptized, maybe Jesus says, hey, this is what the Father has put into place. This is what God has established through John, that people are baptized, and I will be baptized so that my followers will know that they must be baptized as well. It's very possible that that's what uh, Jesus meant whenever he uh, was baptized. Perhaps Jesus was baptized to show the audience that he was the Messiah. Obviously, large crowds had come to see John, and John was testifying that Jesus was the Messiah. And so maybe this was a way of, of Jesus beginning his ministry and people being able to know, hey, this is the Messiah. Maybe this is the act that was, that was going to begin to allow God to work through the people as John began to testify that Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was baptized, and Jesus commanded us to be baptized, and that is certainly a sufficient answer as to why we should be baptized. And so if we determine and conclude that based on the command of Jesus that we should, in fact, be baptized, what do we make of baptism? Well, there are some different views and interpretation of baptism and what baptism should look like. What we see often in the New Testament when baptism occurs, and it is referenced often, is we see this theme that continues over and over again. And that is, baptism follows faith in Jesus Christ. That is, you believe and then you are baptized. Here's an example, Acts chapter 8, verse 36. Uh, this is a passage where uh, a guy by the name of Philip baptizes this man who, who wants to hear the gospel. And Philip tells him the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as a result, he wants to be baptized. And that's what this passage says. Acts chapter 8, verse 36 as they were traveling down the road, they came to some water. The eunuch, that's the guy that had heard the gospel, the eunuch said, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Then he ordered the chariot to stop, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Okay, so we, we see this order here. This guy had heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. He believed that Jesus was the Son of God, and he, obviously, whatever Philip had told him, knew that baptism was something that Jesus commanded, and he said, well, look, I want to be baptized. What's keeping me from being baptized? And Philip said, well, here's all you got to do. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you will be baptized, can be baptized. And he said, I believe. So there's belief. That is faith in Jesus Christ. And that faith in Jesus Christ was required uh, for baptism to take place, or for it to be effective, I should say. Uh, you could be baptized without any faith in Jesus Christ. We could fill up the water and baptize people every day, but there is no benefit to that apart from faith. It is our faith in Jesus Christ which saves us. And baptism follows our faith because Jesus has commanded us to do so. Another example, uh, there were some people following this sorcerer in Acts chapter 8, verse 12, and Philip preached to them. And what does it say in verse 12? But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God, 
and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Baptized when? When they believed what Philip had to say. They had been deceived by this other guy. But now all of a sudden Philip comes onto the scene and he begins to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus. And they say, hey, I believe what you have to say. And when they believed, when they put their faith in Jesus Christ, they were baptized. One more passage for good measure. Acts chapter 16, verses 31 through 34. Uh, this is when Paul and Silas preached to uh, a jailer when they were jailed. In verse 31, So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the message of the Lord to him, along with everyone in his house. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. Right away, he and all his family were baptized. He brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and rejoiced because he had believed God with his entire household. Another example of someone who heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, received that message, put their faith in Jesus Christ, and not only the jailer, but also his whole family had heard and received the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when they believed and put their faith in Jesus, then they were baptized. And so... Our baptism comes after our faith in Jesus Christ, and we are saved through faith. That's what we are saved by. We are saved by our faith, but baptism will follow. We are not saved by our baptism. We could be baptized. You could be baptized every day, but if you have no faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, then your baptism will not save you. Let us continue on. James chapter 2 verse 24 says this, You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. And so perhaps some hear this, this passages like these and say, well, maybe there is something else that goes along with our faith. Maybe part of our works is the work of being baptism. But in the context of what James is talking about there, I don't think that James is saying that we are saved by our works. What James is saying is you cannot say you have faith without any works to follow that up. If you say that you have works, uh, if you say that you have faith but do not have works, then you cannot prove that you have any faith. Your faith should work. Your faith should result in some work. So we are not saved by our works, whether it is baptism or any other work. We are saved by faith. Perhaps the best passage to remind us of this is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from work so that no one can boast, for we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus, for good works which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. For you are saved by grace through faith. And so we are saved by our faith in Jesus Christ, and we are baptized because Jesus said, Be baptized. So hopefully that answers some of our questions as to why. We don't see it in the Old Testament, but we see, the, we see the meaning of it. We see the meaning of what baptism is through passages like Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. We see that in light of baptism in the New Testament, it is compared to things that we see in the Old Testament that we're pointing forward to what 
God was, who God was, and what God would do, is that God was going to deliver his people just as he did in the old days. In the old days, he delivered Noah through an ark. In the old days, he delivered his people by Moses through the Red Sea. But here today, God delivers his people through Jesus Christ. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus says to be baptized. And for what purpose? Because it is symbolic of what our life in Jesus Christ means. That we have been buried with Christ in our baptism. That the old man, the old sinful man, has gone away and a new man has come. We are a new creation. We go into the water as sinners, so to speak, but we come out as righteous men and women. Now, certainly we are saved by our faith the moment that we accept Jesus Christ. I don't believe that baptism has to occur. Some would teach that, that unless you're baptized, you're not truly saved. But I don't believe that to be the case. I certainly believe that should you be able, you should be baptized. But perhaps there are occasions in which you cannot be baptized as we see in Scripture. Perhaps the greatest passage that's often used in this instance is that of the thief on the cross. Now, as Jesus hung on the cross, there were two thieves. And at one point, we see that both thieves were mocking Jesus along with everyone else in the crowd who had crucified him. But in some point in time, there was a change that took place because one of those thieves recognized who Jesus was. We see that in Luke chapter 23, verses 42 through 43. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. So here was this thief on a cross. He had lived his whole life, probably not done too many good works. He probably was a pretty bad guy or else he wouldn't have been on the cross. He originally started out mocking Jesus, but something changed. Something that he saw, something that he heard, something that he experienced as he hung there just a few feet away from Jesus Christ. He called out to Jesus and he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's all he did was call out to Jesus and Jesus said, I'll remember you and today you will be with me in paradise. Now, what a beautiful passage, because here is a man hanging on the cross, and guess what he did not have time to do? He did not have time to be baptized. And so nobody came to him and said, okay, well, it looks like you put your faith in Jesus, but I'm not sure if you're really saved. We're going to have to get up there and sprinkle some water. We're going to have to get, get you down from here to make sure it works. Jesus didn't say any of that. Jesus said, man, I only wish there was some way we could get you down and get you baptized, and then I would take you to paradise. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, okay, well, you say you trust me, but wait a minute, are you a Calvinist or not? Wait a minute, are you Armenian or not? Wait a minute, do you believe in cessation of the gifts? Are you charismatic? Jesus didn't ask him any of these questions that we will squabble and debate over and, and, and tell people, I don't know if they're really a Christian, if they believe or don't believe that. Jesus didn't ask him a single question. There was only one thing that mattered that day, and that was the man on the cross trusted that Jesus Christ was who he said he was. That was enough to save him. That was it. Now, you, say, you may say, well, that's an exception. Certainly, that is an exception. That is an exception to the rule. There are occasions where people may not be able to be baptized. But when we are, we should be. And I would ask you today, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, why have you not been baptized? Why are you not baptized? This, or, or, I mean, this is what Jesus Christ has commanded us to do. And here's another thing that we should consider today. 
Oftentimes, I think it is probably common, perhaps for those who grow up in church more so, is that maybe we are baptized at some point in our life as a child. Maybe we've seen other people do it. Maybe it looks fun to get up in the big tub or to go down to the river. And perhaps we are baptized at that point, but maybe, just maybe, we did not really have a faith in Jesus Christ in that point. Now, we may very well have known God. We may have enjoyed coming to church, but we may not really have put our faith in Jesus Christ at that point. And it may not be until many years later, until you're an adult, 30, 40, 50, 80 years old, that you, for the first time, put your faith in Jesus Christ. And to that, I would say, you should be baptized because baptism follows faith. Now, maybe you were baptized before you came to faith, but I don't think that that baptism is proactive. I think that when we realize that we have come to faith in Jesus Christ, if you say today, I realize that I was baptized 50 years ago, but I was not a Christian in the least at that point in time. Maybe today you say, I was baptized when I was a kid, but I came to faith sometime later, and I have never been baptized since that moment. Well, I believe that we see time and again in the Old Testament that baptism follows faith. And so perhaps today you are one of those and you've never even thought about that. You've never considered that. But maybe today, maybe today is the day that you say, you know what? I realize that I have never really been baptized. Not truly in the way that the Scripture says. Not I have known that I have put faith in Jesus Christ and been baptized following that moment. Certainly, we don't have to be baptized to be saved, but why wouldn't you want to be? If you're here today and you're up and going and you're willing and able and you've never been baptized, why would you not want to follow the commands of Jesus Christ? And you may say, well, wait a minute. I've been a Christian for 20 years now, and, and everybody in here knows I'm a Christian, and, but I know I wasn't baptized since I became a Christian, and won't people make fun of me? Won't it be an embarrassing thing if I were to come up now and be baptized? Absolutely not. If you think any less of someone this morning because they say, I want to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost because I have never done so since I have put my faith in Jesus Christ, that is a phenomenal thing. That is nothing to be ashamed of. That is something to rejoice at today. So perhaps you were in this room today, and as a believer, you have never been baptized. You may have faith in Jesus Christ, praise the Lord. Maybe you've never been baptized. Maybe today is the day that God is saying, you know what? You need to do this. Maybe today you sit in this room, and you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you sit in this room, and you are simply trusting in your baptism. Maybe you think, well, I was dunked when I was six, so I'm okay. I can go and do anything I want to do. Well, hold up. You don't have an understanding of God's Word. We are not to say, oh, well, if I'm a follower of God, I can sin all the more. Absolutely not, Paul would say. You see, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, that is what changes us. That is what changes our heart. That is what changes our attitude. When we get dunked in the water and we have not put our faith in Jesus Christ, all we have done is gone for a swim. And that is of no benefit to us. God doesn't want us to be swimmers. He wants us to be saved through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He gave his life on a cross so that you and I could be forgiven. And perhaps some in this room have been like the thief on the cross. Maybe at some point you've rejected it, but maybe today for the first time you realize that Jesus is who he said he was. 
And maybe today you want to put your faith in Jesus Christ. A thief on the cross couldn't be baptized. But good news for you and I, we can be today. Why baptism? Because God has commanded it. Because Jesus commanded it. Because Jesus showed us through his example, look, follow me, be my disciple, be baptized, and go make more disciples. Let us follow what Jesus said this morning. Let us not skip one step. Let us not become a disciple and make disciples without being baptized in between. Let us become a disciple of Jesus Christ, be baptized in Jesus Christ, and make disciples for Jesus Christ. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, we come to you today and we thank you for these beautiful words. We thank you for the beautiful stories we are reminded of in the Old Testament of how you delivered Noah and how you delivered Moses and how you delivered all of your people. And God, today we have such a greater deliverance. God, you are not sending us from one land to another. You want to bring us into eternity, dear Lord. So God, I pray that we would put our faith in Jesus Christ today and know that our faith alone is what saves us. God, even in this room, we may have some differences of some interpretation of Scripture, and we may have this view or that view, but let us not squabble and cause dissension over some disagreements. God, let us first start with faith in Jesus Christ. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would work out the rest. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would reveal your word to us, that we would understand it, that we would live by it. And God, I pray that we would know that we have a better deliverer today than Noah and Moses in our life. We have your son, God. And so God, I pray that maybe there is one in this room and they are still living a life as a slave to sin. Maybe they are still living in wickedness and evil, dear Lord. God, may they know today that there is deliverance through Jesus Christ. That just as you led your people through the Red Sea to freedom, God, so today you will lead us to freedom. God, let us follow the example of that thief on the cross. God, maybe our lives are not so different than that thief. God, maybe we have done some evil things that have gotten us to a bad spot just as he was. But God, if we still have air in our lungs and we hear your word today and we can feel your Holy Spirit, God, I pray that you would convict us that we too would call out to you, that we too would know Jesus as who he said he was, dear Lord. And unlike the thief on the cross, dear Lord, let us follow through with baptism because we can. So God, I pray, God, that when we read about baptism, when we see a baptism, perhaps even experience our own, some will in this room today, dear Lord, let us know the significance of that, that Jesus was crucified and buried, but he was raised again. And so, God, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ and we are baptized, we are buried, dear Lord, and raised again. God, we will be raised again one day through Jesus Christ for all of eternity, but only if we have put our faith in Jesus Christ. So God, maybe you're working on somebody's heart today. Maybe there is one in this room that is a child, they were baptized, and they realize they never put their faith in Jesus Christ. Don't, don't let them trust in that baptism, dear Lord, apart from faith. God, baptism follows faith, but a baptism apart from faith is, is of no good to us, dear Lord. So God, I pray today that if there is one in this room that has not put faith in Jesus Christ, that they would. God, maybe there are some in this room, maybe a bunch, dear Lord, that maybe they were baptized some years ago and only 
only recently accepted you as Lord and Savior. Whenever it was, dear Lord, if there are some that have put their faith in you and have not been baptized since that moment, I pray today that your Holy Spirit would convict them should they need to be convicted, dear Lord. God, maybe we'll have a room full of baptisms. Maybe we'll have none, dear Lord, but my prayer is that each one in this room would leave with faith in Jesus Christ. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.